It's time for Coffee with the Chicken Ladies, a podcast for people who love chickens. Hey everybody and welcome. It's Chrissy and Holly from Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. We're here and it's our very first episode of our brand new podcast where we talk about everything chicken, family, fun, and more chickens. And more chickens. We drink a ton of coffee. A ton. We really do. And most importantly, we hug our chickens every day. Don't forget to hug your chicken. <laughs> we brew coffee every week, and this week we're brewing coffee from our local coffee house, Coffee Coffee in Bel Air, Maryland. Holly Ann, what kind of coffee are we brewing today? We're doing Almond Joy today. It smells amazing. I love the Almond Joy. Favorite candy, favorite coffee. Their coffee is so fresh and delicious. If you are local, head over there and get a cup. If not, we have a link to their website on our show notes. They do ship. They do ship and they have lots of little goodies and baskets on their website. So go ahead over and check them out. Either way, local or on the website. Can you believe this is our first episode? We are here. It took a lot of work and planning. A lot. I mean, we've put a lot of work into it. Why don't we go ahead and introduce ourselves? Yeah. And you go first. Okay, everybody. Hi, I'm Chrissy. I am a stay-at-home mom of two gorgeous, beautiful girls and a loving husband for 23 years. And basically, before the kids, I was a veterinary technician, worked in the field for 15 years. It was a very rewarding career. I loved working with the animals, loved medically helping them and saving them. And, you know, after that, my husband and I decided once we had the children for me to stay home and be with them. They're 15 and 10 now, a little bit more self-sufficient. So I've been helping them with the virtual school and we have lots of work around our little homestead we have. And I'm a big soccer mom. They both play soccer. So we've been pretty busy around here. Mm -hmm. We have 13 hens, three Cavalier King Charles Spaniels and an African Gray Parrot. You know, you had Grayson when we started college. I've had him forever, for a long time, I feel like 20-some years or more. Mm -hmm. He's a beautiful parrot. They might hear him laughing at us. Sometimes he decides to do that. Why don't you go ahead? I'm Holly. Hi, everyone. Um, I have a master's degree in history. My special interest is early American livestock. I'm in the very beginning stages of writing a book on hog island sheep. I'm a fiber artist, and I'm also a ceramic artist. And they are beautiful. Your pendants are so gorgeous. Oh, thank you. I do a lot of needle felting. I've been married for a year to a, an amazing man who loves animals as much as I do. He really does. We have 13 hens. It's the magic number. We both have 13. 13 hens. I have four roosters. I have five sheep, three Jacob sheep, two Hog Island sheep. We have an Australian Shepherd and a Staffordshire Terrier mix. And they love giving kisses. Yeah, they're The, the girls sweetest. love to come see them. Your girls with my dogs are kind of the cutest thing I've ever seen. They love them. <laughs> So we're going to run our show yeah. in segments. We decided we're going to do segments. Um, we're going to switch them out every week. The first one is... The Breed Spotlight, which may be more of a constant. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This one is one that we... It's something that when we get together and have coffee, we'd like to talk about different breeds of chicken. We do. So we do a lot of reading on them, a lot of research on them. So we figured everybody would kind of like the same thing if they're in the chickens, learning about new and exciting different chicken mm-hmm. breeds or old chicken breeds. Or old chicken breeds. So ones that aren't as common and some common ones. In fact, most of our first month, the breeds that we've pulled have been designated heritage breeds by the Livestock Conservancy. Right. 
Um, the very first chicken we're going to do is an extremely old breed. It's currently listed as critically endangered by the Livestock Conservancy. It is the white-faced black Spanish chicken. Or more, more commonly known as sometimes black Spanish. Or sometimes just Spanish. Yeah, it has all different kinds of names. And it is a really cool chicken who's kind of on the less popular side of yes. the ones that we're going to talk about. It's a beautiful chicken. They're black with green iridescence in their feathers. And they have a white face. Their face is completely white. Their earlobes are white. Yes. They have a large comb and waddles. They're often credited with being the foundation breed for all the other Mediterranean breeds, including Leghorn. Yes, which is a very popular Mediterranean breed. And they're really a hardworking kind of active chicken. Yes. They lay gorgeous, large white eggs, and they lay a lot of them. They're excellent layers. The hens don't go broody very easily. So if you wanted to breed this particular type of chicken, you'd either want an incubator or you'd want to have a hen from a breed that goes broody easily. Which might be a good chicken to breed because they're on the endangered list. Yeah, they're considered critically endangered. The Livestock Conservancy considers a breed critically endangered when there are less than 500 breeding birds in the U.S., and their global population is fewer than a thousand. Which to me is crazy because there are so many chickens in the world that how one could be endangered and one as really cool and neat as this chicken. It would be a welcome addition to any backyard flock. It would. It's a very, very old breed. You could find them in England as early as the 1600s. All of my research says that they came to the United States sometime in the 19th century. So from about 1825 to about 1895, it was very common to find this striking chicken on U.S. homesteads, especially in the southern U.S. Yeah, they are more, they like heat tolerant versus cold hardy because Mediterranean breeds, that's what they, they're, the they climate come, they're from, they're from their bodies climate. are built smaller, less fluff and feather, mm -hmm. and they have very large comb and waddles, which in the winter you have to really take care of. So, so it helps them regulate heat in a warm climate. Right. But in a cold climate, it's very susceptible to frostbite. It's extra skin that's there that mm -hmm. can get frostbitten. Mm -hmm. So if you're in the south, it's an excellent addition. Even in the north, you just have to put a little extra care right. into everything. Right, and we'll talk about that in just a bit when we oh, move yeah. on to our main topic. The hens also have that big comb and waddles. It's not just the roosters. Which are cool. Mm-hmm. They're, they really are beautiful chickens. Yeah, I did in the research find that their immune system is somewhat suppressed, um, unlike some of the other chickens that have a hardier immune system. What did you find? You I read the same thing. Because of the small amount of birds, they were being inbred. The breeders were emphasizing on the large white earlobes in the face, and the chicks ended up with a weaker immune system. Yeah, it just goes back to so many things in this world and life is focusing on the physicality of it all. Right. And it, it, they were overbred for that part. The superficial appearance, exactly. Exactly. So that, that made it hard on them. And, you know, they are striking chicken either way. They are. And one that it, it would be lovely to add to a homestead. Definitely. Uh, especially if you are in a warm climate. If you're in a cold climate, you'd probably have to pay attention to the comb and waddles. If I wanted to breed these birds, I think I would find an established breeder to try to make sure I was going with good genetics. Oh yeah. If you go to the Livestock Conservancy's website, we do have a link in our show notes. They have a breeder's directory and you can type in your zip code and find any breeders close by. Which would be a good idea with how the world's working these days with the postal service that's and delivery. Very true. So finding somebody close, if you go in there and put your zip code in, you're good to go. Um, I've also found that there's Facebook groups 
that you know you can go in and join them and they talk about this breed and get some popularity going back with it you so, may be able to find a breeder there as well whatever you can find on facebook is a plethora of information that's for sure it is so the another drawback we were just talking about is that the coma waddles are large mm -hmm. which kind of takes us into what we want to talk about as our main subject it does large coma waddles on both hens and roosters so you're worried about frostbite in the winter right when these chickens were popular in 1825 to 1895 there wasn't much you could do right but now we have a lot of options for winterizing and ta -da! let's move into our next subject <laughs> which is <laughs> winterizing. winterizing and we have both been crazy i know you've been crazy busy doing this mm -hmm. i've been crazy doing this and this is one of those days where it's so windy here you're like Oh my goodness, did we set it up right? Because it's right. cold, it's cold. We had snow flurries this morning. It's crazy. I know you're mm -hmm. 45 minutes north of me, so right. you get a little bit more snow than mm -hmm. I do, but I still get a good amount here too. And That's winterizing a... is a huge deal in the chicken community. Yes. So what have you been busy, what have you been up to with that? So we've tried to do the basics, um, running extension cords out to the coops. We have four coops on my little homestead. Yeah. Um, we don't have electric in any of them. I don't either. We were lucky that our home has out some outdoor outlets. So we've run extension cords over for heated buckets, um, heavy duty extension cords. We're not skimping on them because we want to... We want to make this as safe as possible. Yeah, I had to go get super long ones because my coops are in the back of our property yes. on the back of the three acres. And I just, I was like, oh my God, I'm kind of worried about it in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Is it safe enough? But you realize I, I'm like, I need to run the electricity back there right. any which way I can do it. So I got the super hundred foot. Right. Like, I've heard too many horror stories about people using power strips. Oh yeah, you don't so want to do that. So we go with heavy duty, outdoor, extension cords yeah and we use them primarily for heated water buckets oh yeah i just bought the new one for the second run mm -hmm. i wanted to make sure i didn't get it i had to get it before it sold out right uh, those are must on our place yes. and the first year we had chickens oh my god do you remember that i do you remember i was like I'm running water out every mm -hmm. hour in these hot water to break up the ice in the water bucket and after that, and it was like too far in at that point, mm -hmm. they were all sold out. Chickens weren't that big then. Getting them early, getting the heated water buckets early is a, or I keep saying water buckets because I use heated water buckets for the sheep. Yeah. But heated water dishes of any type. Yeah. So Amazon carries one. Amazon carries them. You can usually find them in local farm supply stores. Exactly. They are one of my favorite modern conveniences. I don't know if you remember when we were kids, my sisters and I would have to get up and do the feeding before we came to school. Yeah. Um, and we were out there with hammers breaking ice on frozen water buckets. It's so hard. It is at this day and age, like back then you kind of had to do mm -hmm. it, but there's so many modern technologies now. And I did find with the heated water buckets and dishes with all of my livestock that they drink a lot more water, which is very important in the winter. Oh yeah. And it keeps it a little warmer for them mm -hmm. and a little, you know, just not sitting on them, like freezing instantly as soon as it right. hits on, which can happen. But the other thing that I did, which I'm so thankful for today, is I put some tarps up around mm -hmm. at least one corner of my run. And you do the clear tarps that let daylight in. I do the clear tarps that are like um, greenhouse kind of quality okay. in the sun it lets the light in and mm -hmm. also kind of takes the sun and heats up a little bit around the tarps mm -hmm. but it's it's a wind block right and 
days like this, chickens don't like that. And I went right. out there and they're huddled in that little corner. Mm -hmm. So that is, a, I do that. So we've been busy getting those up. Mm -hmm. And those are other things that you can get on Amazon and right. other, and even in your fee store. And you can use any color tarp. You can, just to give them some, some shelter. I've used plain blue tarps. They're not, if you just go with a plain blue tarp, say from a home improvement store, they're not as durable. So the wind will shred them over time. Exactly. We've also, it's not pretty, it's very utilitarian, but we've also propped up plywood with straw bales. Oh yeah. And it works. And straw bales, you can get those a lot at your local feed store. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have them for fall displays. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, we do too. We have them for fall displays, but then we use them on really cold nights. I put them under the coop because our coops are up. Right. So that way the wind can't just whistle under that coop. It insulates the it coop. Insulate it insulates it for them. It makes the floor a little warmer for them. So mm -hmm. I've, we've been doing that. We'll you know, we'll get that straw bale all out back there. Mm -hmm. um, there's, it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Now you do have one lone chicken who's a Mediterranean breed. I do, little Lucy Lou. And so you have the same issues with Lucy that I have with my roosters, and that is potential frostbite on combs and wattles. We do, and Lucy, I'm out there any day it's below 32 mm -hmm. with Vaseline. Mm -hmm. I sometimes, I actually really keep on hand green goo mm -hmm. also. It it serves for many different purposes, but number one, it does have that kind of soothing, protective way to it, but Vaseline is just as good. I'm always out there coating the waddles and the combs. Combs and waddles. I do the same thing with the roosters, with the Vaseline. It stops the ice crystals from forming right on their... Because they're always in that water. Right, right in their skin. Um, with the long waddles, even with the heated water dishes, um, we coat the long waddles if it's not going to be above freezing on a particular day because they'll stick their faces in the water dish, their waddles get wet, they pick their face up, that cold wind hits it, and they can get frostbite that way as well. That was the other thing you and I were talking about a few months ago. If you mm -hmm. remember, we were talking about potentially getting a safe coop heater. Yes, and this is where you and I differ with a lot of the common chicken knowledge. We don't think it's a bad thing to have a heater in your coop. When it's really cold, I don't think, I think like on those really cold nights, mm -hmm. it's good to have it so that, you, I mean, if it's below zero where you are, or, or anywhere below 32 I don't know I, I'm thinking about for me potentially getting one this year definitely yes. you don't need to heat your coop every day during the winter no this would just be for using when there's a very very frigid period of time if you have a few days in a row that's what I'm thinking about mm -hmm. using it and nights um, and, and they're safe because you can get them lower wattage you can like 200 watts enough to put a little bit of heat to keep the combs and the waddles right from freezing. it doesn't heat the coop so much as it raises the temperature and exactly. we're not talking about heat lamps heat lamps are as dangerous as everyone oh my says. gosh I they they're so we just had in our news on a local town that's about 45 minutes from both you and I right. a coop last week mm -hmm. caught a house on fire. Yeah, it's a terrifying thought. With a thought. heat lamp. Losing your chickens, potentially losing your house. And... Yeah, so I never put the heat lamp out there ever. No. So there are a lot of heaters now that are, as we were saying, they're radiant. They don't get above a couple of hundred degrees. Um, the Cozy Coop is my current favorite that I have on my list. Yeah, on your Christmas list. On my Christmas list, that's right. <laughs> Um, and I did have a, I use Vaseline on combs and waddles, as I said, but a, a couple of years ago, we had a polar vortex. 
It was bad. I know where, exactly when you're talking about. It didn't get above 20 degrees during the day, and I did everything you're supposed to do. There's ventilation in the tops of my coops. I smeared Vaseline on combs and waddles. And my Jersey Giant rooster, Ricardo Montalban, who does have an absolutely huge comb and waddles, ended up with frostbite, even with we globbed Vaseline yes. on his comb. Um, he ended up with frostbite all of the points on his comb frozen it fell happens. off. It, it can happen. And it, it's, I, that's why technology is so good. Yes. And now getting with other options other than the heat lamp mm -hmm. that can help with that are lower wattage, it's... I, I think I'm definitely going to look into that for this winter. The panel heat. they can You can get them with wide feet on the bottom, so it's not easy to knock them over. I heard, too, you can put them up. You can fasten them on the wall or the ceiling. Yeah, so that they're up and away from... We have, like, pine shavings mm -hmm. in ours, and I clean them every week, the pine shavings. But I, in the winter, I put extra pine shavings in right. to kind of insulate the bottom. And they're flammable, which is where a heat lamp falling in oh, that would be God. so dangerous. Yeah. But these radiant panels... They don't get much above 200 degrees. Again, we should put a link in our... We can. We absolutely can. Um, you can get notes. these on Amazon, Amazon Prime. We'll yeah. put that in the show notes. And definitely the tarps, too. I think that we mm -hmm. should put a link for everybody in case you're interested. They're a good thing to have out there, like especially a windy day like today. This also, when the wind is blowing like this, um, is when I check my coop for drafts. Oh, yeah. Now, you need ventilation, but you don't want drafts. A draft is when there's a cold wind blowing right on your chicken as they sleep. Mm -hmm. That can really affect their health. It can give them respiratory issues. So many different things. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference between ventilation and a draft. Ventilation you generally want towards oh, the tops of your coop exactly. bright. And that lets any moisture that's evaporating move out. Gen what happens with frostbite, what happened with Ricardo, is that moisture from droppings and from the bird's breath, it goes towards the top of the coop, it freezes, and the ice crystals come down and settle on the combs and waddles. Exactly. And that's where you get that terrible frostbite. And even with ventilation, there are mornings I walk out there, mm -hmm. and I got, like, frost on my windows. Right. You can't, and I have ventilation in there. We right. both have Amish-built coops. Yeah, they're rock-solid coops. They're rock-solid coops. And, I mean, there are still mornings. You're going to walk out there mm -hmm. and see it. So doing these things can definitely try to... Make right. it easier. Block, block block drafts with weather stripping, fabric. You can use all kinds of things um, oh, yeah. to block any drafts you might have. Some ventilation. And then what else do you do? Say it's a freezing morning. What do you do for you know girls? what? <laughs> this is so funny because I always say to everyone in my neighborhood, I'm like, you're looking at me like I'm the crazy chicken lady. You are the crazy chicken lady. <laughs> because they'll see me and when you tell people what you do, they, they, they find it unbelievable. They actually do. People don't understand chickens. <laughs> they don't. I make the chickens oatmeal a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Warm oatmeal either at night, right before they go in, mm -hmm. or when they're in, I let them eat it and then go, go roost and then take it out. Okay. Or I do it first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. And with just them as their little bodies, we can help them generate more heat within mm -hmm. themselves. So I make them this oatmeal, and I put red pepper flakes and cinnamon in it. Nice. Because the red pepper flakes, from what I'm reading, find they circulate the blood more to the extremities. They get the blood circulating, mm -hmm. so that can help warm them up. And the cinnamon helps with respiratory. It does. The pepper flakes, I'd never tried. And when you mentioned them the first time, I did some research. And it doesn't look like anyone's done any kind of hard and fast study on it. Right. But there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that it helps with a lot of the bird's phys physical systems. And with it, the blood they don't flow. taste it. It's not yeah. hot to them. 
Yes, because they don't have the same taste receptors that we do. No, they taste a lot less than we do. Mm -hmm. So the hot to them really doesn't come. And a lot, another thing that I'm, I've got to do is I've got to go to the feed store myself mm -hmm. and get some scratch grains. I add that in to my feed, and sometimes I just put them da that down for them in the morning because corn is another good thing to get the body revving up. Warms and the body through digestion. Exactly, mm -hmm. and that's why I do the oatmeal at night. I figure if they're on the roosting bar, they're digesting that food and it's warming everything up. Mm -hmm. So they love it too. I bet they do love it. I also do oatmeal sometimes um, when it's very cold to get the girls warm. I've maybe given them leftover risotto before, <laughs> and they love it. Anything warm. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm really big on sprouting. I, I'm sprouting greens all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, and in the winter, when there's not much green, they, I will give the girls sprouts. And everything, a little bit helps in the winter with that. So, I mean, like, we can use their own body mm -hmm. to help keep them warm. Mm -hmm. The other thing I wanted to talk about was molting a little bit because, oh, my God, poor Drusilla. Yes. She is right now starting to grow back feathers, but molting. Mm -hmm. So that's a late molt. Yeah. And it, it, it definitely need to give them a little bit of extra care during mm -hmm. this time. So um, those types of things, the oatmeal and everything mm -hmm. help. We need to give them a little bit more protein this time of year. Mm -hmm. So I do the suet cakes. Yes. Like the peanut. Mm -hmm. It has a higher amount of protein so mm -hmm. that it can help them. And, you know, they're starting to go in a little earlier. They do. Daylight saving just ended. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. So they're like crazy. And what I'm noticing getting a few less eggs too. How about you? Yes, this is definitely slow down. I only have one hen laying. Oh my we, God. We, we know that a lot of our audience are brand new chicken keepers. Yeah. So just if you've never had chickens before, we'll tell you that when you have spring chicks that are pullets now, they will pretty much lay through the winter. The first season. The first season. They won't have a hard molt. Next year, you're going to see them have a hard molt, and their egg production will decline as natural daylight declines. Because their hard molt is as a chick. So they have the baby feathers. Right, they're constantly replacing feathers as so a they're, chick. Yeah, as they're mm -hmm. growing up, like when you get them, they're fuzzy, and then those fuzzy feathers come, so then they molt in the new feathers. Mm -hmm. So the first winter, they're kind of sat and ready to go. Right. And then your older girls... Oh my goodness, we've got, we've had so many molting chickens. Mm -hmm. We're still getting a good amount of eggs, because we have the five mm -hmm. babies. Right. And but our big our older girls are definitely slowing down because they're cycling through right a molt and so I've been given like high protein snacks mm -hmm. every day. Today is this, the peanut suet cake out there. Great. And let me tell you, those girls are gonna fight each other for it. Yes, it's crazy. They do. They really love that. Um, I also do sunflower seeds. The the sunflower seed meats, the shellless. Right. You can get them where where wild bird seed is sold. Right. Um, and the black soldier fly larva that you see so commonly. Oh, yeah, The definitely. grub treats, my girls will gobble them down. Anything high in protein definitely can mm -hmm. help. But next, like you said, next winter, after the first year, right. you're going to... They're growing new feathers, and that's a, natural, that's a natural occurrence. They need to replace their old feathers with new, brand new feathers for winter that help them insulate. It's their own winterizing. It is their own winterizing. <laughs> And they're very good at puffing up. They puff up their feathers and they get all that air close to their body. That's what they... Insulating. When, if you see a chicken puffed, mm -hmm. I didn't know this in the very beginning years and years ago. Like, is my chicken sick? No, it's... She's keeping herself warm. She's keeping herself they warm. They puff with, the feather. Yes. And then in between the puffs are is air and it warms the body. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, but if you see one that's doing that a lot, 
you might want to take a look because that yeah. sometimes can be a symptom of illness. Yeah, sometimes. But like the, that's where the little heater might come in at night. Right. Again, when it's when it's. I usually, I probably won't flip a heater on unless it's under 20 degrees. I agree. Because chickens really are good at, at regulating their own heat. Uh, the chicken's natural body temperature hovers about 106 to 107. The majority of them love the cold. Yeah, they, a lot of the cold hardy breeds yeah, definitely. Are, are fine in this northern climate. Well, I say we're in a northern climate. We're, we're right above the Mason-Dixon line in the mid-Atlantic. But, mm-hmm. but if you're a new chicken keeper and you're moving into year two... That molt blowing all their feathers. It can look like a, somebody ripped oh, a feather pillow. Oh, it's crazy. Like, you go back there, you're mm-hmm. like, oh feathers my everywhere. gosh, what happened? And that's natural and normal. And the slowdown of eggs, we joke about it, but it's normal. And the hens need that break. Then they probably won't start laying When do yours start back up? Mine usually start back up right after the solstice. I'll start to get a couple of eggs right now, at the end of December. Now I'm curious because last year the barred rocks were their, my babies. So they laid through the winter. Yeah. And that's a cold hardy breed, which mm-hmm. when I did my research says they are winter layer. Right. Winter layer does not necessarily mean there's no, there's no stop in laying. So I want to see though. It means they'll start laying again. So most of what I have are considered northerner or cold hardy breeds. Most of them. For the last three years I doubt she's going to keep doing this but for the last three years my lone green egg layer Blanche Dubois has <laughs> laid the day after the winter solstice <laughs> and then they all slowly start again the Swedish flowers and the Brahmas and the Jersey right. Giants are all considered winter layers yeah so they'll start laying again and by spring we're getting multiple dozens oh, it's a week. Oh, egg season. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm excited to see, because this is going to be the first test for my barred rocks. For the barred rocks. Mm-hmm. And see, and they lay, the, I mean, gorgeous, large, like pinkish colored eggs. They do have beautiful eggs. So I'm kind of anxious to see how the cold is going to mm-hmm. affect them with their laying. Because you know, I always say that walk of shame, take buying those eggs for Christmas cookies is crazy. We joke about it. And it really <laughs> does, after, after having... So many eggs all spring and summer that you have to buy in the fall, but they really do need to and do you that. you do all your baking and then everyone's all excited because mm-hmm. you're going to do cookies and right. you got the fresh eggs. I'm like, oh, they didn't lay eggs. Oh my goodness. If you do have a winter layer, this is just a reminder because this has happened to me too many times. Collect eggs twice a day. Otherwise, if you're in a really cold snap, you might have frozen eggs. And they crack. And sometimes mm-hmm. they crack and they're called micro, micro mm-hmm. cracks. You don't even, the human eye doesn't see it. Right. So it's good in the winter also to check your eggs before you cook with them. Yes. Because you can get those micro cracks below 32 mm-hmm. at any point. And they can freeze and crack. Mm-hmm. And then they let bacteria in. So it's good to check them too in the winter. That's a really good point for winterizing, which we're talking about cooking. Mm-hmm. This brings us to our next topic. Ta-da! Let's go. Let's move it on. Our it's next one segment. of my favorites. Mm-hmm. We call this segment cracking the eggs Mm -hmm. and we want to come at you with some recipes that we try a lot that have a lot to do with cooking with eggs yes when you have a lot of eggs and we're just talking about winter not having a lot of eggs yeah it's a short time it is so we're going to start it with one that we made a few weeks ago when we were Mm -hmm. working because when we work we're like working for hours (laughs) yeah it's a long day we gotta eat we're like come on so what did you make you made this one at your house when we were at your house this is a potato noodle stew with eggs i've actually been making this for i don't know 15 or 20 years this stew it was really good Mm -hmm. it's loosely based on a spanish dish kind of in honor of our spanish chickens we kind of put that in there yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's a lot of fun um because it's a one-pot dish where you cook the whole raw egg 
in the stew. And the whole thing is one pot, which, okay, as a family of four over here, mm -hmm. I'm like a, I'm the fan of the You are pot. the dishwashing woman over there. <laughs> I want one pot. One because pot. these people can dish in, put it in their mm -hmm. bowl, and dinner is served. Right. That makes it easy. And you know what? Putting the eggs in is cool. It's fun. The mm -hmm. kids like that idea. Yeah, they can lower it. If you have little ones that are cooking. Right. If they're old enough to do this, you can have them lower the, the egg down into the stew and in a ladle. it hard boils them in the stew. Right. And the stew is like kind of have tomato and vegetables. So the, the eggs mm -hmm. taste so good with that. Yeah, it really is delicious. It was so, good. Potato noodle stew with eggs. Um, the base is fried Cuban bell peppers and onions. And you add the potatoes from there. You add your tomatoes. Now, mm. you're gluten-free. Gluten-free and dairy-free, right. And dairy-free. So this recipe can be anything. Here's the other thing that I like about this recipe. I could take it and make it and do something a little different to it and even make it my own. Right. And, you know, you're gluten-free. So we had the gluten-free pasta, which was delicious in it. Right. You can... You can even put meat in this. I've seen it with meat. I think the traditional Spanish version of it may have meat in it. I think ground beef. Which, if you're looking for something even heartier, mm -hmm. that would be the way to go. It's very hearty. It's very carb heavy. It's really good on for a when it's cold, freezing cold day <laughs> like know. today. And let me reiterate: one pot. One pot. It does have some saffron in there, so it has a little bit of a. Uh, an exotic taste yeah. to it. It's delicious. It smells amazing. I'm hoping everyone, if you're listening to this and it sounds good to you, take a picture, make it. Mm -hmm. I would love to see it. We took some pictures that we day. We did. We'll have them on our Instagram. We'll have mm -hmm. to put them on because it was so pretty and it's so pretty dished out. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh man, but it was delicious. And the link to this recipe will be in our show notes. Which, yeah, the show notes are going to be great. Please go and mm -hmm. check them out. The other, which brings us kind of to our it's our last segment for today. Oh man, but it's one of my favorites. Your you absolute know favorite. It is retail therapy. <laughs> retail therapy. So I, I have to it. say that my husband and I are really frugal kind of homesteaders, but I'm a sucker for anything vintage chicken. Or chicken at all. Chicken at all. This is called retail therapy and it is so cool. We're going out, we're trying to find some people who make some really cool chicken stuff. Local artisans. Yes. Um, small business owners, especially women-owned business. Because that's what we are. That's what we are. That's what we like to support. And <laughs> trying to find anything chicken is so fun. It is I mean, fun. We go to the thrift stores together. And, oh my gosh, Joe, that's my husband. He basically says, if you guys come back with anything more chicken, you're not coming in. But <laughs> last week, I found a bunch of chicken Yeah, stuff. it was amazing stuff. Well, we, we were thrifters as kids. Both of our moms are amazing thrifters. We got drug around all over the place. Mm -hmm. But now, you put chicken in on it. Yeah. I'm like, somebody just gave a whole bunch of chicken stuff. I'm going to take it. <laughs> he said, don't bring it in. I'm like, I'm bringing it in. It's coming. Well, this, this week's um, Retail Therapy Spotlight is on... Someone who makes smaller items. Yes. So tell us about her. It's Rose and Magnolia Creations. It's a show over... A show? It's a store over at Etsy. And um, Alyssa Bourne is the owner of the store. And she makes gemstone bracelets. Mm -hmm. um, she has little chicken charms, which we found, which are so cute on these bracelets. But she also does without... Mm -hmm. And the bracelets are so cool and pretty. So you can buy yourself a chicken bracelet and buy your sister. Or your best friend. Or your best friend. Hint, hint. <laughs> Should you go over there <laughs> and check it out and see what we have. And we have a link to Alyssa's Etsy store we do. in our show notes. They're really cute. Which kind of brings us to saying goodbye for the first yeah, week. Yeah, I think so. But before we say goodbye, 
I wanted to give a, few, a little bit of a shout out to the Instagram community. Mm -hmm. uh, we kind of joined it and we are so happy and so great. To, it's so great to meet everybody on there. And thank you so much everyone for the follow and, and conversing with us. We hope that it continues. We love it. Thank you, thank you. Shout out to everybody. Yeah, we're, we really do want to hear from our community. We want to see pictures of your recipes. If you make any of these recipes, we want to see pictures of your chickens, of course. Oh my goodness, through Halloween. Anytime you Some want... Some of those chickens were so cute. Oh, the costume's ridiculously cute. <laughs> um, if you have ideas for shows, things you want us to cover, drop us a line. You can drop actually go to our, our Instagram profile and send us an email right from there. Exactly. Definitely send us any kind of ideas you we'd have. love to hear from you we'd love to hear from you we want to see your pictures tag us you can hashtag us coffee with the chicken ladies and mm -hmm. we'll get that also so thank you it's been so great this is so much fun it is a lot of fun next week's going to be as much fun <laughs> next week we're going to do one of your favorite breeds the orpington it is one of my favorites we're going to do kids and chickens mm -hmm. and then our recipe is going to be this is like the chrissy edition your favorite chicken Kids and chickens is all you. Uh, and then our Judy. recipe is an, an oldie and a goodie. It's an oldie but a goodie. <laughs> this is your mother-in-law's recipe, Judy's Christmas Breakfast Bake. Yeah, it's one I keep close to the heart. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about that next week. But until then, what should we tell them to do? Drink a lot of coffee and hug your chicken. Every day. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. If you'd like to see more from us, follow us on Instagram at Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. To send us comments, feedback, suggestion, or questions, email us directly, Chrissy and Holly at coffeewiththechickenladies.com. Thanks for listening.